Hey, all right, we got a show. Welcome to the show. It's a Fist From Your Face podcast, the show I do for my house. I'm Chris Blackwell. Uh, we have a website. Visit us at www.fistfromyourface.com. You can also email me at fistfromyourface at gmail.com. You can send me an email straight from the website, and you can also subscribe there, which will get you an email whenever a new blog post or a podcast episode is posted. We're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, those kind of things. And uh, just recently, we're starting to branch out and get onto those streaming services. So we're currently up and running on Spotify and Stitcher and also YouTube. And coming soon, Google Play and iTunes. Those feeds are submitted. They're just pending a review. So hopefully in the next couple days, you can find us there. Uh, I'm very excited uh, because this is a, the first proper episode of this podcast. I have an actual guest in the studio today. This is a person that I've known for probably about 15 years uh, when we met at work in 2005. Um, we've worked together, we've hung out, we've played music together in a band, uh, not a really formal band, but, you know, an informal work band. Uh, we've gone to concerts together, and now we're podcasting together. You would know him as the NBC Chicago news helicopter reporter for about the last 22 years. He's won three Emmys, but more than that, he's an incredible father, husband, and an amazing friend. Please welcome to the show, Mike Lorber. All right, Mike, we're rolling, man. All right, cheers. Welcome to the show. Yeah, cheers. I wanted to start this off the toast i think this bottle probably looks familiar to you because you were here about two years ago for our house for the housewarming yeah mike gifted me a bottle of bourbon county stout a 2015 bottle and uh, by the label it develops in the bottle for up to five years so it's 2020 and what better time to crack it open than my first episode yeah you know i don't get a lot of day drinking in anymore so me neither this is awesome this will be good when the packers play later i'll I'll need it (laughs) there you go cheers so thanks for being here man Ooh, that is good. Nice. That is delicious. Yeah. All right. Very nice gift. Thank you. Yeah. So when I'm slurring in band practice later, they'll know why. (laughs) Yeah, you got band practice after this. I mean, it's Sunday. You got a wife and kid at home. You got band practice, and there's playoff football today. So you still squeezed me in, and I really appreciate it. No problem. I was looking forward to it, man. Yeah. So speaking of band practice, I guess, what, uh, what do you guys got going on? So we, yeah, we're, uh, our new band is called C-130, which is the uh, aircraft, as you're like a avionics geek, you would know. So (laughs) our uh, drummer, Brian Fredericks, uh, his dad used to fly that in the military back in the day. Okay. So we're kind of using it as kind of like a U-2 type thing, or just uh, uh, some of the guys are like really into uh, the whole robot sci-fi part of it, so... There are posters with these like robots and uh-huh. guitars and all that. So sweet. So yeah. the Jack Daddy thing—that's completely over. Or? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we did that for about three or four years, and it was just a uh, kind of change in personnel, which right. will happen even in your, you know. In, let's let's be clear here. We're just like a fun cover band. We don't take this too seriously. You know, right. I've got enough things going on in my life to serious. This is like. A thousand percent fun, and uh, without getting into details in public, the last band just kind of imploded after yeah. Memorial Day last year. So, uh, mm-hmm. 
So uh, this is a whole new group of guys then. Uh, Don, who was in the last band, Don Lang, mm-hmm. the bass player, and then he he's like recording guru. He's got this flying pig sound in Bartlett, and so he and I, but uh, okay. two of the other guys, Ian and Brian, are friends of Don for a while, and he would always have these like jams in his basement, which is a great thing to do. Anybody who ever wants to like start playing, and I know you do. This is a secretly. Secretly. I'm so, not there yet, but yeah. So, okay. well, once you have a space, this is a great thing to do. You uh-huh. go on Facebook and you invite fellow musicians that you know, you know, that aren't going to rob your house and stuff. And <laughs> then you uh, just kind of put it all together and everybody picks two songs and you play. And that's what we used to do. And mm-hmm. Brian uh, was a drummer and Ian was a guitar player. And, you know, we all always got along really well, which mm-hmm. is the most important thing at the level that we're playing at. Then we add in Matt, who's like half all of our age, but, you know, kind of an old soul. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried out a few lead guitarists, and he's our guy, and we're good to go. And uh, yeah. our first gig is right around St. Patrick's Day. So And your tastes are all kind of the same, like classic rock, Beatles, and Doors. Yeah, you know, it, well, it's anywhere from there up to, like, uh, I'd probably say the most current stuff we have is, like, Black Keys, who I know you love. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so a few a few things from this century. Got a lot of '90s stuff in now. Like Matt's a big Oasis guy, so we're doing like some might say we're doing "Don't Look Back in Anger," uh, "Good by Better Than Ezra," "Santa mm-hmm. Monica" by Everclear. So hard to handle by the Crows, and then take that in with like uh, Roadhouse Blues, and uh, you know, so we kind of mix in. The whole range of it. Now that you mention it, I remember you playing some Black Keys songs yeah. with the other band when right. I saw you guys in Elgin. Yeah, and this is just two guitar players, and then I sing. Uh, Brian also sings and sings background and drums, and Don plays bass. Last band, we had a really dynamic keyboard guy, so we did a lot of yeah. things through that. Uh, but we're not. We're kind of going, you know, more straight edge rock now. So. Okay, that's awesome, man. So you guys kind of. Haven't done any shows yet with this new band, right? No, so we kind of just started up maybe about October, November, and wanted to make sure we could at least uh, put an hour or two together that sounded relatively good. Mm -hmm. My uh, sister, Betsy, has a trio called Harmonious Jones. Her and her friend sing these amazing harmonies, and then Frank plays guitar. So they're going to do like an acoustic set before we play. It's uh since I'm full on promotion mode here, man, it's Do it, uh, man. That's March 14th at the Station Pub in uh, Tinley Park, which is actually the day of the downtown St. Patrick's Day parade. Train well, goes right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we get a lot of people coming off the train and like, yeah. hey, so they'll be yeah. ready to party. Yeah, Jesse and I plan on being there for that one. Awesome. Now, appreciate did she it. have another band too? Your sister, Boogie Shoes. Or yeah, something that like was that? a while ago. That's so old. that was okay. really fun. It was cool because it was like a funk groove band but they you know i've seen a lot of these over the years they didn't pipe anything in they had the big horn section which Uh was just awesome so um, i never got to see them yeah that kind of dissolved over time but like all of those people are in different bands too so yeah she she has an amazing voice really like i'm just a dude who can make like appropriate mouth noises at the appropriate (laughs) time but she's that's half the battle (laughs) she's out of the throat it really is about two-thirds of the battle actually yeah Yeah, so well, it's funny. I got another friend who's in a couple of bands, and that's what he's always saying. He's like, I keep two bands going at all times because something's going to fall through, and then at right. least you have the other thing going. And Actually, it's Rich Lachlan. You know who that is? Shout I, out yeah. to Rich. Okay, yeah. He used to share the hangar over at Schaumburg. Gotcha, yeah. He lives here in town. Yeah. And uh, So, yeah, we used to uh, – Chris plays guitar, 
Okay. And we used to you, Chris, and you know we used oh. to in the hangar. Yeah. <laughs> so when I Loudly. flew out of the Schomburg Airport, Chris was the mechanic. That's right. And uh, so that's we, how we met. We would have downtime. We would in the glorious helicopter life, which everybody thinks we have, which is could not <laughs> be further from not the truth. Glorious at all? No, it's. Uh, but we make the best of it by bringing mostly amps and a guitars bunch of mangy dudes hanging out in an airport hangar. You yeah. know. Some things never change. Being I'm still a major Being dude. slovenly and, you know, all that. But we, you know, used to jam a little bit after after work. So That's right. That was fun, yeah. man. That was, how long ago was that? I mean, I met you probably 15 years ago. Yeah, that was ago. about nine years ago. Was it nine? Yeah, yeah. I started so, there in like 05. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Obviously, I will have said this in the intro to this podcast, but everyone knows you from NBC for the last over, what, 20 years now? Yeah, I, I started full-time doing the uh, helicopter stuff, which uh, has since been named Sky 5, and uh, right. full-time in, like, 1998. 98. So up until, yeah, yeah I used to, uh, years now. I took over the, uh, you uh, old uh, hardcore rock fans would remember uh, from The Blaze, uh, the 90s rock station. So there was a dude named Major Tom, and he used to talk like this, and he's, he used to be the helicopter guy for Channel 5. And then okay. he got a job with the city, and then I was able to take over because I had filled in for him. Oh, I so. know. I met Tom at sure, your 20 year Tom party that we did. Tom is like an outstanding guy. He's like the king of Chicago. Nice. Like the social yeah. king of Chicago. So. That's a good guy to be. Mm-hmm. Is he musical too? Is he like in a band? Is that no, a common no, but, not. He. No. Uh, I think he's working with a better business bureau now. He'd worked with oh. the city for a while, but he's just one of those guys that knows everybody. And everybody in the broadcast industry, because he was in it for so long, and um, just a really, really fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, that sort of happened to me, because I'm not in broadcasting. Oh, I guess I sort of am now with this but thing. You are, but yeah. as of three minutes ago, sure, yeah. Yeah, so. we're rolling now. Yeah. Um, but I've made friends with you and a number of people in broadcasting. It's just kind of, it's interesting. You know, you meet people in different walks of life. And... Yeah, and I've been, I think because what I do is kind of unique, been able to Very. survive what is an uh, absolute, you know, shit show of a business sometimes. And hey, th- <laughs> no that brings doubt. up, by the way, now I had asked you beforehand, like, if we were able to swear. Fuck yes, we can swear. Awesome. So I may have a little, like, Tourette's ridden, like, you know, where I just go off. This, <laughs> I've had a microphone in front of my mouth since, like, the late 80s. And when I used to DJ in college, and even then at nightclubs, they wouldn't want you to swear. And then, right. like, radio, and then I did, like, nightclub DJing, and then I started doing traffic reporting, and then, you know, the so helicopter got, reporting. So I've never been able to swear. You've got 30 we, you years know, We did the rock and roll radio you know, program, which you were on, too, and, uh, uh-huh. you know, still, you, know, you can never swear. So, Well, I wasn't really on it. I was on it for one day, yeah. and that was an interesting experience. That actually inspired the name of this podcast, nice. by the way, because we got there, and you guys said, just keep that thing about a fist from your face. All right. It's stuck. So Very cool. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know now I have a five year old, so right. try not to swear around him, and pretty successful, so because he picks up everything. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, he's at that age. I have he, nieces around that age, and yeah, you got to be careful. About a third of the vocabulary is uh, farts, butt, and stink <laughs> now. So, well, I was singing the old classic, you know, revved up like a douche, and uh, that's all my niece. Can oh say yeah, there you go. <laughs> douche, <laughs> douche, douche. Yeah, I get yeah. texts from my sister like, "Why'd you do that?" He's got my sense of humor, so uh, about he's in kindergarten now, and uh, a few months ago, my wife texts me 
while I'm in the helicopter and says they have discovery in the kindergarten. So you like, you know, kind of show and tell discovery. Okay. Yeah. You're supposed to bring things. So uh, Jack decided to show the whole class his ass. <laughs> Fuck, for real? Yep. Yeah, just, just dropped it. I guess a friend dared him, and, he, you know, he, he showed the whole class his ass. So, yeah. Well, the no. apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah, so luckily my wife had texted me this while I was at work. So I had, like, two hours of, like, texting it to my friends and, like, cracking up <laughs> and my family and ass memes and everything else. So by the time I was able to get home, I could do the – now, Jack, here's the bikini area, and here's your underwear area, and nobody sees that. That's and I, and I was able to, like, you gotta get, the laughs get through out it of the way. mostly without, you know, breaking up. And my wife's got a good sense of humor, too, so. Um, she does. Yeah. Your wife's awesome, man. The first time I met her, sadly, I think her grandfather passed away that same night. And we yeah, were on our way we to went hang out uh, with show. Jim Ryan to see Roger, Roger Daltrey at the Horseshoe. Yeah, that's right. And it was a odd night and she had found out her grandmother had passed that grandmother night and yeah so and uh shout out to jen because she held it together and we had an awesome night we, and yeah was, that night you know, was yeah it was pretty epic actually right. when you look back on it we won't name too many names on that no one. no <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for the next time you're here we'll need a couple more of these bourbon counties yeah there you go you can tell that story oh man yeah time flies i can't believe your son is five right unbelievable yeah, I'm a little uh, late in the game as far as parenthood, but it's uh, that's all right. It is like absolutely it? amazing. Is it? It is. I can't think of a more like immense, better thing that could happen to me, and it's really that's it's awesome. just. And I've had a lot of fortunate things happen to me, but it's just you know, I highly suggest it. Yeah. If your wife was here, you should like go right now and like, you know, <laughs> just pause this yeah i can serenade you from the other room and it'll be all you know sweet and yeah right (laughs) she's running errands right now okay kind of glad she's not here for this a little uncomfortable anyways but uh, no it's uh is an absolutely awesome thing everyone says that i mean my sister looks frazzled she's got three girls under the age of seven and uh but she says it's all worth it you know at the end of the day yeah that's no that's intense she's outnumbered yeah Yeah. it's like i think about I'm the youngest of four, and oh, wow. my, I've got two sisters four and six years older than me. My brother is seven years older than me. So when I was born, my mom had a seven, six, four-year-old, and then me. And then four, And my yeah. dad was out doing sales stuff, and, you know. Yeah. And that was just, you know, that was everyday life back then. Yeah. And now you're just like, holy shit. These days, that's a huge yeah. family. Yeah. In yeah, these my, days, like, you know, but that that was, like, the norm back then, so. My dad is one of technically 11. Wow. Um, but twin boys died at birth, I guess, so there's actually nine aunts and uncles out there. Okay. Um, my mom's only got one brother. She had two, long story. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it seems like big families. Yeah, thing yeah. Back in, I think, in uh, God, my wife's dad is one of 13. Wow. And then uh, I lose track. My mom's, my grandparents on my mom's side. I think they had like eleven or twelve from Ireland. Damn. All came over, so. But you're not that much older than me, right? I'm 37 on Friday. I am a lot older than you. I'm 53. No way. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We get along great, even though we're technically like different generations. Yeah. We've been friends for a long I, time. I, you know, and I think all that stuff's highly it overrated is. bullshit. I think you know you're right. the. I even get bothered. I like stereotyping is one of my least favorite, uh-huh. awful combined with stupid things in the world. 
and it applies across the board, whether it's politics, race, religion, whatever. Oh, for but sure. like, you know, the thing you see all the time are millennials. Oh, millennials are this, that, and the other thing. I know. Like, that's got to bother you. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm one of those cuspers because sure. I was like early '83. Right. Okay. So if you know, you go by all the numbers out there. I'm like one of the first millennials, definitely. Gotcha. But I don't. By the hallmarks of that generation, right. supposedly with the sure. stereotypes that you're alluding to, I don't really identify with that as much, but I'm sure on some levels I do. Someone will be listening to this going, you're a fucking No, I, dude. you know, in a lot of ways, I probably get along with people younger than myself than I do older than myself. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I try to be pretty easy to get along with, I guess. Well, I would say that that, that holds true. In fact, I told Jesse when I was putting all this together, I said... Uh, you know, I asked probably 12 people to do this, and I got all yeses, by the way. But I told oh, her, I great. said, I'll bet you Mike will be the first guy to do it. And we hadn't set this date yet. Right. She's like, well, what makes you say that? I'm like, because he'll show up. He's that kind of guy. And I was right. And it's important. You know, I have delved into so many little – and my wife's so cool to, like, let me do this stuff. But little things that I branched out to here and there, like the band now. And right. we did the radio show before, and I had done, like, writing before and – and you know different things and to, you know to get that going to have that outlet mm-hmm. well you have to have a supportive thing. wife right yeah I mean, jesse you, has been so supportive sure. of this yeah that's first and foremost but then right. you have to have like other people that support you too and and especially these days you know everything is promoted through social media right it the starts with your family even. and friends and goes out from there you know mm-hmm. like in the band world it's just you know there's the joke that pretty much everybody just all the dudes in the bands just go to the other bands like gigs, you know, and that's what makes up the crowd. So, look, you know, <laughs> sort of true, but yeah, it's, it's still it's fun. Probably about fifty percent true. Yeah, yeah, but it so. doesn't take the fun away. You're still yeah, doing it. That's right. the point. So, you know? so yeah, the radio show you guys did. When did that kind of end? Because that was a while ago. So that was about what six years ago. Because it was right before when it ended, and then a few months later, Jen was pregnant with Jack. So, ah. yeah, so that had lasted, uh, let's see, it started, I remember, in, like, December, and I think it went through the following August. And, was that uh, it? Yeah. I guess it was quicker than I thought. Yeah, so Jim Ryan and I had started a, uh, what's called a rock and roll radio program in yeah. Michigan City. Shout and, out like, to Jim. Yeah, and then, uh, so we would drive out every Saturday all the way, I would go from Schaubert, pick him up on the north side, we'd drive all the way out to Michigan City. Uh-huh do the show for three hours ish and then come back. And, uh, it was kind of a, basically three hours talking, playing rock and doing whatever the hell we wanted, mm-hmm. which was, you know, Great. really cool. Yeah. Except and, fucking swearing. Yeah. We could not fucking <laughs> swear. No. So <laughs> then, uh, God rest his soul. We had happy Jack who worked with us and oh, um, yeah, he, he kind of ran the board and did the show after us. So he was just this amazing, guy who was like a radio veteran and did this kind of like freeform music like one one week he'd play like jazz and the next week he'd play like half an hour live hendrix and then do wow. something else and it just went all over the place and yeah and he was hilarious he was absolutely hilarious i met him that time we yeah, went out there so, he was an eccentric dude but he would seem yeah, totally awesome to like yeah around, he was yeah. like uh i think he was like 60 and uh, had like a Slipknot t-shirt on or, <laughs> exactly. or something, but yeah, he didn't give a yeah. Fuck. So it was really, it was really fun. You know, it's whether you're in doing like a radio show or a band or like so many little dynamics you don't think about when you're doing with other people, and you know, 
you got to get along with people and you kind of all have to be going the same way. And right. But what ended up happening is we just couldn't access the studio anymore. Oh, okay. And then it yeah. went from three hours to one. And uh, I, Jim and I decided we were each going to do an hour just re- pre-recorded, but uh-huh. that's just not as fun doing a radio show. And to be honest, the, uh, the GM not the owner, but the GM kind of had sent us all these rules now for doing this. We were <laughs> doing course. this for free, mind you. Right. This is the radio world for you folks. Yeah. You do not make money. In the, we did all this for free. So, of course. And then the, the guy, program director, you know, who I won't name, kind of sent out these like semi-condescending emails about you'll do this, 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 and this, and you'll no longer be in a radio station. We're thinking, yeah, we're doing this for free. And, oh, I've got a really good job already. So, right. no, I just kind of hmm. said... No, this I saw it going in a bad direction, so I yeah. I opted out. Jim still did it for a few years afterwards, and it all turned out you know perfectly because you know by like almost a year later I was a father. So yeah, well, not that you necessarily have time, but have you thought about doing a podcast? Because it's sort of the same thing. I'm not making any money. This cost me money, but uh, I don't get those condescending. Kind of you know, I I have and. Really, I don't have time is yeah. what it is. And the thing I have time for, like throughout my whole life, there was always like some hobby. I was really into sports. Like when I was younger, I'd play basketball. I still play softball on weekends, played baseball. Pretty much have run my body into the ground by now. So oh, really? <laughs> so we're, we're close to the end of all that. So yeah, uh, just still being able to play softball at 53 is pretty damn cool. Oh, you're still doing that? Yeah. So oh, I'm still man, playing nice. weekends with a bunch of, yeah, old fucks and, and then their kids. So there's like... We had a pitcher was like sixty five years old, and so, yeah, yeah. So you do that. You got to get out there. So, but I think being in a band, the biggest thing it gives you is just kind of like the adrenaline rush and hanging out with guys and all that. And mm-hmm. there's there's some work with it, but it, you kind of do the you practice and it's a couple hours, and then you're done with it. You know, for the most part. Yeah. Other than you know getting ready for gigs and trying to get gigs and all that. So you yeah. you want it to be good. And you want it to be as good as it can be, but you can't get too, at least at our level, serious about it. This yeah. isn't our career. It's a hobby. You blow off yeah, some steam and Yeah, we're just a bunch of, fun. you know, mostly middle-aged dudes, like, you know, who like rock music and get together and play. So yeah, well, you C- want it to sound good, but you don't want to take it too seriously. Yeah, and if C-130 is anything like your last band, it's going to be awesome. Because oh, you thanks, guys man. were really good, yeah. honestly. I mean, you played really tight and yeah. had a whole repertoire, like you were saying. Everything from 50s and 60s, oldies, up to... Yeah, 90s and 2000s stuff, so fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, what we do is we're looking to play like maybe eight to ten times a year. Okay. We try to practice like once a week, and that's it. We're not, you know, we're not like Seventh Heaven or like one of those other bands that (laughs) like, you know. Trying to beat the Chicago band. It's amazing, man. I I did some physical therapy, and I guess like Seventh Heaven, and they're a cover band. They're a big cover band. Yeah, everybody around here knows Yeah. This girl, like, in physical therapy is like, yeah, so I dated their guitar tech. Ooh. Wait a minute. Yeah. So I'm like, what? (laughs) So a cover band in Chicago has guitar techs. It's just the guitarist's little brother, probably. Yeah, probably. I I don't know. know. I don't know anything about those guys, but yeah. Weird. So sounds like they have groupies and all that, and, you know, we we don't get all that. Okay. No, we're. Yeah, and probably a lot of midlife crisis people following them around. Do you get those people, too? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was our when we so rode up our last band instead of like we weren't car guys, so instead of like uh <laughs> midlife crisis cars and, you know. Right. You get parking lot music. full of Corvettes. And for me it's easier singing because like, you know, I don't really have to make huge, you know, financial investments in like equipment whereas like the other guys, you know. And you know how it is, you're a guitar player, so, right. you know. Oh, the sky's the limit on sure. what you want to spend it's on like, gear. It's like cars. It's very similar. Like, oh, you have a car, and then you see something else. Like, see some other guitar that you really like. and Yeah, among guitarists, it's known as having gas. Yeah. Guitar acquisition syndrome. There you go. So, yeah. you know, you yeah. just got to go get the latest. Yeah, Don, gear. our bass player, changes basses like every, like, two or three months. And, really? You know, yeah, just, just trades it in has for to another do it. Yeah. 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 Hey, it's cool. It's a hobby. It's what it's sure, for. Sure, exactly. Yeah, Rich Lachlan, like I was saying, he was... Um, doing like two bands at a time and dude that guy i learned a few things from him recently talking about taking it seriously he's i mean he works full-time and stuff too he's got a family and kids he's got a sound guy that'll like tune everything to the room he's got three different amps for three different size venues and they really do spend some time like dialing it in i was very impressed uh they sound really good when you see them live and uh you could tell where that like extra attention to detail goes Right, um, and, and but at the end of the day, they're just cranking out covers and having a great time. That's what you do after a while. At first, you're just getting together. You pick some songs. You try to get through the songs, and then you know, once you're able to actually get through the song, then you fine tune, try to make it as good as possible, and then you know, yeah. typically, again, it's easier for me as the singer to learn things. But typically, like we'll try not to add like more than two songs at a time. And, mm-hmm. you know. How many total songs do you think you've got? So right now, we're in the fifteen to twenty range. Now, with the last band, we probably got up into over 40 to 50. Yeah. And, uh, but it was a combination of without having the keys, we had to uh, get rid of a few things. And then there was right. just stuff I think we were sick of. Yeah. And just and then, you know, we want we want the new band to be the new band. We don't want it to be the old band. So, right. you know, we're, we're keeping some of the stuff. But for the most part, you know, changing name, changing everything. It's a new band. And, you know, yeah. so... Well, that's still like well over an hour of music. You know? Yeah, I think the idea is like we're going to try to get it for this gig upcoming. Maybe we'll play for like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. something like that. And my sister's band can do two sets. So nice. What yeah. do they kind of play? So they uh, without the horns anymore. So no. So they just do the acoustic guitar and then her uh, Frank sings sometimes too. But my sister and her friend, this is her best friend from way way back, okay. and their harmonies are just amazing. Really. Terry kind of does like a harder rock kind of vocal, and my sister has a higher voice, and they just the harmonies are just insane. I've always hmm. been like a freak for harmonies. I absolutely yeah. love it, and we're working on that now because uh, Brian, our drummer, can sing harmonies with me, but it's nothing like what they do, and it's so That's awesome. Think of really any band that has harmonies, and going back to the Beatles or Beach Boys Beach or Boy, Simon and Garfunkel or something. But they're amazing because they'll take like acoustic versions of like Sly Stone, which is a band that had all horns, like right. everybody is a star, and then right. do that. Wow. And then they'll do current stuff. They, you know, and they, hmm. I would say probably two thirds of the artists they do aren't even like female vocals, but they'll, they'll do it and it just, it all works. And it it's, works. It's really fantastic. So well, I'm excited to see. And then, you, you know, they bring people up and different people sing, like I'll go up and sing with them and other people. And really? it's just a really fun, you know, that's cool, man. That's the way it should be. Yeah. You know, just having a good time. Can't take yourself too seriously. No, no. Way too many people take themselves way too seriously. So that's for fucking sure. Yeah. My God. 
So that's usually what leads to the demise of these kind of things. You know, someone starts getting a little ego involved, or right. you know, then you start butting heads. Next thing you know, this fun thing we had is total shit now. <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah, and it, it can be a disagreement <laughs> over different things and uh, creative you know, differences as they last like time. Yeah. It just, <laughs> I'm trying not to say too much here because I, I don't want to like, change the throw people to... under a bus, no, and I'm you. still like you know. That's just like most of the guys from the old band I'm great friends with and really cool and yeah, you know yeah of course and you know, especially when you sing it, to be to be lucky enough to have like a bunch of guys and play instruments and you're just able to you know do almost like live band karaoke and yeah that's just a cool thing to well, be able to but do but you can yeah. actually sing too by the way you're not like just doing karaoke right yeah I mean you're a good singer I try let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, and you know your shit. You, I mean, you have like a pretty good stage presence, I would say. Yeah, I need a little work you, on that, but you know. I don't know, man. You think so? Yeah, you know, I don't. Some movements. I feel like you, you know. bring it. Yeah. I feel like you bring. I could it. Could bring it a little more. Yeah. Well, groove a little more. Groove a little more. Yeah, trying to get in better shape, things like that. So you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. See, now you're taking yourself yeah. too seriously. You're gonna be doing no. Pull-ups well, and shit. that's just more of a life <laughs> thing. That's oh. actually more to chase my five-year-old around. So. <laughs> Yeah, being 53 with a five-year-old is a really interesting he, dynamic. So. When he's showing his ass to everyone, you got to there. Yeah, you know, right there. you got to be in there quickly. So, but he is a ball of energy, and you know, I haven't even met your son yet. Uh, surprisingly, in five years, so we need to make that happen. We all just gotta yeah, get together. Yeah. You know, he probably won't be there for the uh, St. Paddy's Day show. I'm guessing probably, probably not. Have a no, on he that like it's a little. We try to get him. Um, he is uh, Jack's on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Um, so, but he, which I've learned over time is we could, we could do two hours on that. Right. You know, you really could, but sure. it's a very large spectrum. And he's one of those kids that if you saw, you wouldn't even think he was on the spectrum. Okay. Well, so then how did you find out then? There were some speech delays. So if that's I... the first thing. And then, okay. um, when he would have, what normal kids would just have like tantrums, they would really go off. Hmm. Like sometimes he would hit his head into the wall or like throw his arms at us or that type of thing. Yeah, over the top. And totally uncontrollable. Okay. And we got him in, and I give my wife all the credit in the world kind of at first saying, let's just go get him looked at. And, you know, it's so funny when you tell people this and they'll have kids. And there are, there are a lot of people who are really reluctant or reticent to accept a that their kid might be on the spectrum, b that this thing even exists. Mm-hmm. Like I had a guy in the last band who was like, you know, he was like from a different country. He's like, oh, we just think this is an American thing. That's it, you'd be surprised how oh. many people like I don't think even that. think that's a thing. And like, wow, you're just so so culturally other countries even exactly don't, like they turn a blind eye to it. Sure, yeah. Okay. So interesting. We got him assessed and there was a diagnosis and that started the early education and intervention program which they have so you can get help before three three years old and then after that we got him into this amazing school in schomburg called the early learning center Mm -hmm. this place is just unbelievable and it's for any basically kids who are at a disadvantage there are people who move from like all over the country to Schomburg. No kidding. Because they have their kids go here. So Renowned program. He went there for two years, breezed through it. Um, he spent like two months in a class, in an all-autistic class, and then he was in a blended class. Now he is in a 
regular kindergarten class, a dual language program. Where, so they do half the day in English and half the day in Spanish. Wow. Yeah. My five-year-old kid who's on the autism spectrum. So, That's incredible. Yeah. And this is just a regular kindergarten class. Correct. Schomburg so the program has amazing in Schomburg yeah. got him geared up and ready. So Schomburg has other schools where they, they have one where it's a dual language because uh, there's a big Asian community in Schomburg. Right. Japanese and um, Japanese and English program, and then the kids also play violin. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're at like six years old. My wife and I turn on this and like, what? Like prodigy. And this is a like, public well, school. This isn't like no, they teach you this. Another well, this one is, is called here. the Chinese Immersion Program, where the kids are like learning and writing Chinese, completely mm. fluent by the time they're out of sixth grade. So wow. that's what they're shooting for for Spanish here. So when you said you got him in before he was three years old, is that sort of like a turning point with their certain? I I believe in that, and it's it's been changing. But there's a early intervention program. Okay. So if you have a child in, not even just what you think might be on the autism spectrum, but is delayed in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. you can go have an assessment done by a psychologist and then then you can get what's called early intervention help and they have therapists and these people are just fantastic they're like my favorite people in the world now yeah and i mean you can like hear me getting emotional about this that's all right yeah so and now they will help you out and kind of get you going in the right direction there are speech therapies there's physical therapy what they call like occupational therapies Mm -hmm. all kinds of different therapies and then um we really got into this school. My wife was a PTA president there for the time that Jack was there. I was there once a week, and you know, you get to that's where I really learned what a broad spectrum, you know, autism is. I'll be yeah. honest; I had this kind of like Rain Man esque kind of stereotype, you know, and oh, again, stereotypes right. suck. Like and, a savant, <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. you have your what idea I of what that autism is. was because I really didn't know, and sure. I really didn't know too many autistic people, and now it's just such a wide range you know so that's interesting and so a diagnosis for being on the spectrum comes from a psychologist right and okay. what that does and why it's important to get is it gets you the help yeah because then the school and not only that this is all mostly paid for okay so right yeah i think i think it costs us like preschool call us cost us like 50 bucks Jeez, that's yeah. awesome that that those resources amazing, are out there you know life-changing education right so well, you know, a lot of people, and it's an election year, I don't want to get too political sure. with this podcast, but, you know, they talk about how we need to model everything after Europe, and you're saying there's some European folks who maybe aren't as aware of this stuff well, as we are here. Maybe they can Well, that's one person. Okay. I wouldn't say in general, but, yeah. <laughs> maybe we well, could wh- still. But now part of what they do at the Early Learning Center, too, mm-hmm. and one thing about Schomburg that people don't realize Schaumburg, like anybody from Chicago, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. The stereotype of Schaumburg is the mall. Woodfield Mall. Woodfield Mall yeah. and strip malls and a bunch of people just hanging out at the mall. I mean, that's like all Schaumburg is. Which isn't not true, but... Well, until you get into like parenthood and kids and you realize yeah. that Schaumburg is really diverse. It is. In a different way than you would think. It, it doesn't... Um, but there's a huge Indian community. There's a huge Asian community. Mm-hmm. There is a massive, which I never realized, like Eastern European community. I didn't know. A that. lot of people from Poland and Russia, you know, we're in a subdivision and I'll go down the streets of the block and I'll hear like four different languages spoken. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So 
I guess now that you mention it, that's true. I lived in that area before we moved out here, and the, the people we, we bought found the place out for. that the Schomburg District Fifty Four School District converts more kids, what they call ESL, like English Second Language, mm-hmm. to like be fluent in English than any other district in the state of Illinois. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So that's another part of like why you would go to an early learning like center because right. you know you're. Your kid is like grown up with speaking a different language and is delayed speaking. So, wow. So, not only does this kind of early learning program get him up to speed with quote unquote normal right. kindergarten, but he's ahead of the game because sure. of the diversity and the different languages. And right. Things. That's exactly. amazing. So, that is awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, man, he's five. By the time he's out of sixth grade, he'll right. be fluent in probably multiple languages then. Well, yeah. The, the idea is to be able to write and, and speak Spanish by the time you're out of the sixth grade. So so you've got no notions on moving out of that area no. for a long time. I no, guess. and we had thought about it because uh, I, uh, with work, mm-hmm. I work the dreaded split shift. I've done this for... Really? Since, yeah. So I drive like 21 miles to work, get there at five in the morning. I do the morning shows through like seven o'clock and maybe a little bit afterwards lingering like eight, nine, I come back home. I've got the whole middle of the day off. Mm -hmm. Then I go back and then do the afternoon show starting at four. So I'm there at three and that can last till like seven o'clock or later and then come back. That is a long day. It is. You get And it's something you never really get used to. But uh, when my son, before my son was going to school, it was just, uh, I was like a highly functional zombie. Sure. But there's a lot of those out there. You'll go out, like parents <laughs> with kids, or young young kids, like you go to the park and there's this whole like slew of just walking dead people like, right. at the park. Lots of moms who are just walking dead in the eyes and like, hey, <laughs> right. what's going yeah. on? That hey. opiate glaze yeah, that they you have. Know, it's, yeah, it's... <laughs> right. Yeah, it's lack of sleep and just the, you know... Hey, don't swing upside down on that bard and crack your head open. Like you're so tired, you can't even get the words out of your mouth. Yeah, and, look, you know, I'm in so. no position to judge any parent. No. We don't have kids. No, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. Like no, if you're I, doing it, you're I, congratulations. I had a really good rule that I tried to stick to, and now that I'm a parent, I'm so glad that I did. That if you don't have kids, you should mostly shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. For 100%. the most part. I mean, there might yeah. be some common sense stuff, and you know, I, our my family dynamics really bizarre because I have older brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and I have a bunch of nieces and nephews that are in their twenties or thirties, mm-hmm. early thirties, and then uh, Eddie is I don't know what Eddie is these days, like twenty three years old, and then it goes all the way down to Jack. Okay. So like yeah. I have a niece who has a kid who's like a half a year younger than so. I see. Yeah. So I was a, like you. I was an uncle for like the longest time. Mm-hmm. Saw so all my kids grow up. Was part of that, and, and it was good practice. You and know? now you've really but, learned yeah. what it's like. But to oh, there's not even it's not even the same. Yeah, because you're an uncle. You're there for a couple of hours, and you're the cool uncle. You hang out. Oh like, yeah, have yeah. a good time. And as okay. soon as they get hungry yeah, and yeah. start crying, you give them back. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's it's not the same. It is nothing. But it is. Uh, it's immense, man. I teach, it, them, I teach them to sing "Revved Up Like a Douche," and there you I go. go home, and then, like you know, not parenting then, at all. Yeah, and then your siblings have to deal with it when, you know, she's she's saying douche in school. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, no, I, you know, we've thought about having kids and everything, but I don't know. I think that ship has sailed. You know, there's been some other reasons. I don't want to necessarily put everything out on this podcast, but. um, Yeah, I have a feeling you might be in the same boat we are. 
Yeah, yeah, so. sort of. Yeah, yeah, similarities there. So yeah, we, uh, but we're uh, happy. I mean, we know. have one, and we haven't been able to have more because uh, you mm-hmm. know there have been some losses and things like that, which is sure tough to talk about, but like something people should talk about. The more yeah. you talk about it with people, the more you realize that more people have gone through it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, I've got a friend right now who uh, I can't say who it is. It's all top secret, but yeah, they've been struggling for a while, and then sure. finally, after like six you know, try and fails, boom, one happened. Right. So they're just like so happy right now. I won't yeah. say who it is, but yeah, no, we, we, uh, we lost pregnancy before Jack and then Jack was born and I've lost some since. Oh really? And yeah. So, and it's the most difficult thing in the world. And then people will ask you, Oh, you only had one kid. And like, you know, yeah. like it's the easiest thing in the world to just pop out a kid, you know? And, right. You know, yeah. And people ask me that too. Oh, why don't you have kids? You know, you should be having kids. Yeah, uh, why, how do you have any joy in life at all? And I'm like, Gee, yeah. thanks, you know. So like, yeah. I'm going to teach this lesson to people. First of all, like, you know, don't push too much on that because there are a zillion reasons why people don't or can't have kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people ask about that, you know, they may not realize. And it, it's usually like the person who doesn't know you that well either, you know. And Yeah. Well, if it's not a choice right. and you don't have the choice, it kind of hurts on that level. But even if it is your choice not to have kids, like, don't judge me for not having oh, yeah. kids, you know? Yeah, and <laughs> like, that's... We don't have to. Absolutely. I mean, hell, so. I walked to this earth for 47 years before I had a kid, you know? So, 47. And, yeah, and, you know, so it was all... Well, you're not. You're going to be doing that split shift for a few more years. Oh, yeah. Jack I'm, goes uh, to I'm multilingual never, college. I'm never going to stop working now. So, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to work. Like, I've already, like, my sister's a teacher, and she's going to be 60, and, like, you know, she's just going to retire and... No, I'm never fucking retired. You'll be working. No, You'll be doing you know, the news forever. So, well, now wait a minute. 1998, you started doing that, and you're still doing it. You're one. You're the only guy really in Chicago in the helicopter side of things, right? Uh, no. Are there I'm the only guy. That... There's women, but who else is in the helicopter? These days? Uh, Sarah from uh, WGN goes oh, up in the helicopter, and Jeanette, okay. and uh, with CBS. I think those are the only full-time helicopter reporters now. So I see. I didn't yeah. realize they were still doing. And then that. there are other people. This is a good thing to explain everybody because, like, you know, lots of questions get asked. So I'm not a pilot. A lot of people assume. A lot that. of people assume that you're a pilot. I am not a pilot. Which I'm they not, do in some cities. Yeah, not too much anymore. Reporter. It's not really safe, and it's especially yeah. not safe in Chicago. No, it isn't. The crowded airspace. So right. I'm not even a photographer. I did that for a little bit, but. What we do, I believe, is the most efficient way to do things where we have a pilot photographer and then I do the reporting. And everybody has a separate job and you can really focus on mm-hmm. what it is you're doing. Uh, those guys doing that allowed me to just completely hone in on gathering information, mm-hmm. listen to scanners, things like that, and broadcast. Right. And, and that's enough yeah which if you were flying an aircraft and doing all that you're right. distracted it's like texting and driving it's, oh yeah it's yeah. it's a real only worth texting a thousand texting and driving at a thousand feet yeah so <laughs> right yeah which is not high enough there to be doing have that. been accidents because of that really bad one in arizona a while back you know in the that's phoenix right area so, that phoenix mid-air yeah, collision it's just something you can't do so no it's funny yeah. i'll um you know i put a lot of things in social media and like you know i'll every once in a while i'll get the guy or or the woman is like, oh, you shouldn't text while you're, yeah. you know, piloting the helicopter. Yeah, thanks, genius. Hashtag not a pilot. So, yeah. <laughs> right. 
Man, well, you know what? Your fo- the extra focus you get on your job, I think it shows in your work because every time there's a big breaking story I put on NBC and you're just knocking it out of the park. I mean, you just did a high-speed chase, like live on the air very right. recently. Awesome. Uh, and you've been nominated for multiple Emmys, right? Yeah. Have you won that yet? Three. You've won three Emmys? Yes. What were those for? Uh, that's a funny story. So, uh, so we had a... The last one was about, what, three, four years ago. We had this big chase on the west side. And these things are kind of like unicorns now. They don't happen a lot as much because the police in Chicago have decided, and a lot nationwide, that you know they can only chase at a certain speed and pursue so much because you know innocent people can get burned right. in this. Right. This was a double homicide suspect who was driving through the west side and... Um, you know, I shouldn't say nice things about double homicide suspects, but this guy was an amazing driver. Like, you know, (laughs) must've played a lot of like grand theft auto as he was younger. But right. So, um, Roger Powell, who's still our pilot was, I mean, mean, he was turning like every third block. Okay. And then Matt England, who, you know, who's, uh, moved on to uh, Texas. Right. Was a photographer. So it's about five 15 in the afternoon and our producer, Anna Vosser, who has just been fantastic and has been there for years, just lets me go. I'm getting all amped up. Like, hey, hey, we got this. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. Is... Let's go. So they put me on the air at 5.15, and they leave me on the air till 6 o'clock. They skip the entire national news broadcast. Really? Yes. No more Lester Holt. No. Leave us on for 45 minutes straight. Damn. Which I, I can't thank NBC enough for doing something like that. Yeah. And uh, so – did all of that. So we get nominated for that. Okay. Did not win. <laughs> Did not win that one. No. Another station covering the, uh, remember the whole Lieutenant um, Lieutenant Joe story out Glinowitz, in- Glinowitz. Uh, the suicide cop. Right. But initially, that. he called in the fake oh. transmission of the two guys that shot him, and we all went up in the middle of the night- to look for these fictitious guys. That was something, yeah. man. That's so somebody funny. else, I won't say which station, got the Emmy for covering a story that basically didn't exist. <laughs> right. And I'm not and blaming we them for because we all did it. But yeah. So, but there was another story God. that we covered, uh, and it was part of the morning show in general. So where some guy was running around in the Dan Ryan, uh, got tackled by an IDOT guy, his pants fell down, and. <laughs> And then, okay. you know, the road was closed for a while. And then they so, – so the running joke was that you have to cover somebody with their pants falling down <laughs> to win an Emmy, which is about an accurate portrayal of the Emmys. The Emmys are <laughs> completely rando, kind of like the Grammys in music. Uh-huh. Yeah. So not winning an Emmy if, like, nobody hasn't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it's it. It's like a Grammy. You'll like, be you fine. Know, like Led Zeppelin and the Stones and the Who didn't win a lot of Grammys back in the day, and it didn't right. matter. The the Emmys and you know I hope I'm not talking myself out of Emmys here, but if I am, that's fine. It's completely random, like who wins, who doesn't win, all wow. that, and people kind of know it. So it's a very nice you know so thing you want, to be honored with, but it's very random. You missed out an Emmy on the 45 minute coverage straight of mm-hmm. a high speed chase. Right. And you won for a man with no pants. There you go. On the expressway. For, yeah. What were the other two you guys? Dan Ryan, pants on the ground guy. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, you- and, you know, this is one of the hard parts of the job, too. One was for a plane that crashed in Midway, and a lot of people remember this story. 
went through the gates of, or the uh, wall mm-hmm. at 55th and Central, and a little boy was killed. So I remember that. Yeah, I so. was stuck in four hours of traffic in that mm-hmm. snowstorm that day. Right. And uh, yeah, I drive through that intersection sure. all the time because I work at Midway now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that is a that hell of a drive. It's about an hour with no wow. traffic from out yeah. here. Um, luckily, I don't have to go in every single day, and I could work around traffic a little bit. So, so how do you how do you like pass time when you drive? What's, your, what's I listen your to thing? podcasts. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what you know sparked this. I listen oh, to a okay. lot of like. You know, I'm a Joe Rogan and Mark Marin wannabe. I don't know if you listen to oh, those yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I watched the Mark Marin show when he had it on. Oh, yeah. Was that IFC or something? Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, yeah. That was so, good. And the podcast was kind of sure, part of that yeah, show. That's yeah, right. that was fantastic. I love that. That so, was really yeah. funny. Yeah, and it's really not too far off from his actual podcast. I right. Mean, I don't know if it's, you know, filmed while he's doing actual episodes, but the basic right. idea is there. And yeah, it's a great podcast and joe rogan he does like three hour i should listen to more of my wife listens to them too and i uh i need music in the morning yeah like loud i'm like the yeah. dude pulling into the airport hangar at five in the morning with <laughs> windows like, down know, yeah you know zeppelin cranking or like something like that because i just need to wake up in the morning and, sure you know well you got to get amped up to win emmys for guys not wearing pants <laughs> on the damn ride, yeah so. you know that's yeah you got to <laughs> Whatever it takes. You got to be awake, so. Right. Yeah, that's one way I pass the time, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of music, too. Of course, to my wife's dismay, all I've listened to for the last, like, four months has been the new Tool album. Wow. So she's, Now, how, she's how musically compatible are you and your wife? Because me and my wife like like uh, completely different things. It depends. I think when I get in her car, she drives one car mostly, and I drive the other one. And uh, when I jump in there... Uh, I always have to change the station because she's got some kind of oh, yeah. poppy whatever sure. on there. Right. Um, but we went to the Tool concert together, and she fucking loved it. Cool. You know. Yeah. And one of our first dates was a local H concert, and I, she loved it. I, mean, I just saw them. Did you? In Minnesota at First Avenue, where is where like Purple at Rain? At the Purple was, Rain. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I went up there for the Bears game, and I'm like, I got to go to First Avenue. That's my thing, because I'm a Prince yeah. freak. I love Prince. If you're going in. So that was, like, the place I wanted to go. Uh, Local H and Soul Asylum, and Soul Asylum's from. They're from there. Duluth yeah, Local H blew them off the stage. I can imagine that. I've seen both bands. They are, you know, Scott was just, he had, like, a 45-minute set, so he could just rip. Yeah. Yeah, for, Local H is a Chicago band. Scott Lucas kind of he does this thing where he plays guitar and drum uh, guitar and bass kind of the same time. Yeah, you know with like the pedals and all that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the drummer's name and I should, but he's insane. And well, their original drummer was named Joe. Yeah, and uh, he quit like back in the '90s. There's a pic sitting right in front of you here. Yeah, Brian was their other drummer. Okay, his name's on the back of that. Okay, I think he left. And now it's some other dude, and I haven't seen them in a few years. Right, but, but uh, they're great live. Oh, and at this venue, it was just amazing. Yeah. It was really, really good. Did you hear when they opened for Metallica? Wow, that would at be at Soldier yeah. Field. Wow, they got no. like voted in. They put it to a fan vote. Like, what band would you want to see? And overwhelmingly, yeah. landslide local H fans yeah. came out because they have such like a cult following. Yeah, you know, they're, I think they're one of those bands that just it's a totally different thing live than you know. It is. Everyone knows, you know, their hits yeah. from the '90s and right. stuff, and even their last albums have been really good, in my opinion. Right. Um, but yeah, their live shows are where it's at. Yeah, for sure. Man, I've been so to so many good shows. 
Yeah, and that's it's one thing I'm missing more and more. You know, in in you know, it's fine, but I don't go to as many now. Right. Well, between doing the band stuff and having the kid, so. Yeah, how can you find time? This was we. I've got a bunch of friends that we try to go to a road Bears game every year. Okay. Yeah, and I don't make it every year, but we. So Minnesota was this year, and. When know. in Rome, man, you got to go to. Yeah, the, the and then Mecca that's when music. I really want to go out. Yeah, exactly. In that town. Yeah, we went to uh, Indianapolis a few years ago. It was a place called like the Slippery Noodle. There was a band called Fair City Fire, which was just amazing. Hmm. And Never Indianapolis is an underrated town too. I passed through there on a yeah. road trip once. I think we went to the Speedway and took the tour and all that. That uh, St. Elmo Steakhouse is every everything that everybody says it is. So is it? Yeah. Never went there yeah. before. Man, that's awesome. Well, shit, man. It's almost 4 o'clock. We've been at this almost an hour. I know you have band practice to yeah. get to. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to wrap it up? Finish the uh, goose No, I'm just there? glad you're doing this and uh, Thanks, man. support it. And, you know, maybe we can uh, get people's feedback and, you know what they'd like to hear about or talk about more. Or... Right, yeah. Anyone can drop us a line on, you know, Fist From Your Face on Facebook. Uh, you can email me from the website. I'll put all yeah. this in the intro to this episode, too, on where they could find me and tell me that I suck or that this was a good episode <laughs> or whatever. I, I, really, I really like the, uh, you know, the free forum, kind of let the conversation go wherever it's got to go. And Well, like I said, I listen to the Joe Rogan and Mark Marin podcast so much that I know the format works. It's just... You know, you get two right. genuine people kind of talking about stuff, and look at this—an hour just went by, and yeah. I had a great time. Yeah, and you can find me. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and if you have any questions about anything, you know, the stuff I was talking about with the kids and and all yeah. that. Um, I think a lot of people might want to even reach out to you for that because that's you. You kind of it becomes a community, you know, when you mm-hmm. have kids on the spectrum, it very quickly becomes a community, and I it's just. It's amazing when I I'm one of those obnoxious people like for, for people who don't have kids that I am constantly talking about my kid or sending pictures to my kid like ad nauseum to people. Yeah, I just do that all the time. It's just like you know. Well, that's most parents, and that's probably yeah, right. That's okay. So, but you'll have a conversation. Like I started, I'm I'm trying out this new gym, which is probably going to kill me. And um, <laughs> the guy there was talking about his kid and ours are the same age and like, Hey, how did you know your kid was on the spectrum and all that? So it's mm-hmm. just really good information to have. And God knows I don't have all the answers, but I am connected to people who are, you know, a lot more knowledgeable about it than I am that I'd absolutely love to get people in touch with. So dude, that's awesome. And you know, yeah. when I first started this thing, I kind of like typed out a little mission statement yeah. for this on one of my blog posts. And one of them was to end each episode, having learned something new. Sure. And I totally yeah. that with you today. It was great so to talk you. about this. I don't put my kid on – like I don't put pictures of my kid on social media. Sure. Yeah. Which will be a whole don't other thing I could go on. <laughs> like – and this is really bad and it's going to piss off a lot of people in my business. But I don't understand kids who uh, – kind of people who whore out their kids on social pimp media. Their kids yeah, pimp their kids out for likes and Yeah, Ooh. I just – man, I'm just like there don't is – do that. So much. You and I were talking off the air about what a cesspool of Facebook is. Oh, it's awful. And then it's kind of like a necessary evil for like what I have to do for a living and all that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I actually talked to like a uh, internet fraud expert about this. Oh, really? He's like, yeah, we're really thinking about like not putting our kid on social media. He's like, you're really smart. Totally doing that. Yeah. And yeah. And again, know- I just told you a minute ago how proud I am of my kid and everybody I know I'm sending pictures to left and right and talking about like incessantly ad nauseum. That being said, 
when you put that out just to the world, to people you don't know at all. And there are so many, you know, when you're in the news, you kind of learn a lot of things that you never wanted to know. And there's so many bad stories about kids. And we had this weird thing where like somebody was just taking pictures in front of our house one day. Really? And it was probably just a real estate guy, but it freaked me out a little okay. bit. Right. Right about the time we were deciding like, you know, and we just said, you know what, we're not going to put. And the other part of it is you don't know what your kid's going to grow up to be, right? Of course. So your kid's in that awkward teenage years and has this entire social media history. That they didn't control any That of. they didn't control. You don't know what your kid's going to be like and the issues they may have with right. that or, you know, that type of That's thing. That's a really good so, point. For you to have the foresight of that, yeah. I commend you for that. That's You know, and I'm not in the position. I'm not on camera a lot. I'm not in the position where a lot of other people I work with are that may be forced to really – there's so many people, especially women now, who have to like really project themselves out on social media so much, mm -hmm. whether they like it or not. And I think some people enjoy it, and some people are, you know, there's so many women that just have to deal with like the middle-aged creepy dudes, and oh, you look nice oh, in that dress, you know, and, no doubt, and that guy. So right. like, I I get like you know scanner police fire scanner geeks, like you know. That's my jam. I don't get like the, you know. You don't get the stage five yeah, clinger stalkers. Right, exactly. Okay. So, but they get a lot of pressure. I mean, social media is a huge part of like broadcasting and being a public figure now. And, mm -hmm. you know. Is your Facebook page like a fan page where you I've can, got two. Like, yeah, I've got my own that. and then I've got another one. And, yeah. you know, I, you know, I'm there for anybody. What I really like to do, especially with Facebook, and I've learned this with Facebook, mm -hmm. is. I like to put out a lot of images of like sunrises and you I've know notice that skyscrapers and all that because as soon as you put news stories on Facebook, the comments just go to the deepest depths oh, of bloody never read the comments. Hell. Yeah, never. Oh, read God it. forbid you put like there is a protest downtown about doesn't matter what it is, right? And then it's just like you know the dude's coming out, oh. shoot every one of them, man, and like, you know, and God. back and forth. So uh, you have people saying that on your Facebook oh, yeah. to shoot people, yeah, who so are protesting, yeah. So, but well, it's I mean, also it we're me. learning like an organized thing too. Mm -hmm. Yes, that this is like you know there are accounts created over in Mother Russia to do these very things. So right, yeah. that was a big catalyst in me completely deleting my Facebook sure. about two years ago. I mean, the whole election happened and Russia compromised everything. Cambridge Analytica yeah. and, and data and breaches on. Facebook. I don't want to sound luxury, but I'll say one thing: anything you share on Facebook, from a uh, not from an individual person, but like. Even the most, what looks like the most wonderful thing. Can we get one million likes like a, for this little boy with cancer? Oh, right. Those ones. Sure. Sure. Those are, for the most part, created by people who are just wanting to get your information. Sure. You know, this guy gave his life for the military. You know, can we at least give him some likes? Well, of course we should give him likes. He gave his life for his country. But these people behind this are just all using this to separate us and divide us and to get access to your information there's no every time you it. write a comment and all that so whatever you share no matter unless it's from a really credible source and by credible i well, mean how do you like even know? That's not, the point. by credible i mean like least likely to get hacked least likely not to be you know the source of it being some bot that's trying to do yeah. nasty things you know you can think what you want about nbc news and people have all kinds of opinions in the news these days but you yeah. know we're putting out information to put out the information. 
you know, you can agree with it, not agree with it, think what you think of it, but we're not like out to, well, that's you know, one thing. you know, ruin your lives. <laughs> so well, just remember that when you share anything yeah. on Facebook, you know, that reminds me of one that I saw. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers this one, but it was one of those things like this guy was a burn victim mm-hmm. and something like that. And it ended up being like a picture of a fucking Thanksgiving turkey or something. Right. And it wasn't even, yeah. it was completely disingenuous and sure. bullshit. And it, it's like got a million shares. Yeah, and they're it's tugging like, on people's heartstrings and all that. And yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so that's why, yeah, that's why fe- Facebook is just a goddamn cesspool. But you It know. really is. And even if it was all legit, it's still a huge time waster. Mm-hmm. I mean, people just, I remember when I had it on my phone two, three years ago, I found myself scrolling right. up my screen. Five posts would go by, and I realized, I've been looking at the same five posts like repeatedly yeah, sure. for the last like five minutes and my brain didn't even realize it. I'm just mindlessly scrolling. It's like, I got to get this out of my right. life. So it's got good and it's got bad to it, I suppose. It's yeah. And you know, again, when you're, when you're a broadcaster, you have to do it. Uh, unfortunately for bands and especially like middle-aged dudes like us, it's the number one way to promote your band. Sure. And it's, there's this whole built in thing and that's kind of great. Where you can inter, you know, invite people from Facebook and all that, and you know, to your gig and right. to your band page and all that. So, well, s- tell the people one more time about your band and where yeah, you're going to be. Yeah, so we're uh, C130, and you just look that up on C130 the band, or just look me up on uh, Mike Lorber, and you'll L O R B E R Sky Five stuff, and you'll you'll see all of it. Our first gig is Tinley Park, the Station Pub, which is. Uh, right by the train station in downtown Tinley Park, Saturday, May 14th, which is the Saturday of St. Patty's Day, and we'll be all we'll be all green and, you know. March 14th. Yeah, March 14th. You said, said May. May. Yeah, yeah. It's St. Patty's It's the bourbon stout. I'm telling you, dude. It was perfect. It yes, was aged it beautifully. Was. Thank you, Mike, for the yeah. wonderful gift. I'm glad I got to share it with you for my first episode. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again you, for coming out, man. All right. Good talk. Bye, everybody. <laughs>